Welcome to the first episode of the Four Point Podcast. On every episode, we're going to go through four stories in the NBA world with a special guest. Today's guest will be Shahab Mayer, a big-time Lakers fan who works in sports, PR, and social media. And we'll be discussing the Lakers winning the NBA Finals a couple of days ago. What's up, Shahab? How you doing, bro? What's up, bro? How you doing, man? Man, I'm good. Enjoying Oakland, enjoying the great weather out here. And let's let our viewers know where exactly you are right now. Is it Budapest? <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I'm in Budapest right now. And then uh, just, you know, because 2020, they're making me mask up. So anywhere I am outside my hotel room, I got to wear a mask. So, of course. Shahab is staying, Shahab is staying safe out there. We love to see it. <laughs> Dude, I'm just following protocol, baby. Um, and was it, um, I believe you didn't actually watch the Game 5 win for Lakers. Um, is that right? Dude, I missed it, man. It was like the first night here. The service was so bad that I couldn't watch any NFL games. I couldn't watch any. Yeah, I missed the Laker game, too. So it was very, uh, I was very upset, to say the least. Yeah, at least you guys won. At least there was no, you know, extension of the series. But yeah, let's like get, get started with these questions. So let's do it, bro. So how are you feeling about the Lakers winning ring number 17 in a bubble? Uh, well, ring, winning ring number 17, in essence, it's amazing. You know, it's like we're tied with the Celtics now because, you know, F Boston. But it just honestly doesn't feel the same. Like, it's it was very different. Like, I woke up, I saw we won, and I was like, okay, cool. That's, that was literally my reaction. Like, I wasn't, I wasn't, you know, thrilled with joy, but I'm like, you know what, it's a championship anyway, so who cares? So do you think the fact that it was in a bubble? So, you, like, do you think the fact it was in a bubble – or like it was a shortened season or the pandemic had to play like a factor in that? Or what do you think it was oh, like? 100%. Like it was just, you need the fans there because like it's just the thrill and excitement just isn't the same. Like even the players would say to you, like, we need the fans. Um, if you listen to um, the BS podcast, Jared Deli was on a couple of days ago. And he was like, yeah, the fans weren't there. It would make a huge difference. So I hope, fingers crossed, they come back sometime next season. But, you know, who knows when that happens? Who knows when this is over? Definitely, definitely. Um, and speaking of next season, do you think the Lakers will repeat? Or, like, what's your what's your initial thoughts? Because obviously repeating in any sport is so, super difficult, you know? Hey, I know the answer you want me to say. And then I kind of, like, agree <laughs> with you. It's like, if you want to repeat, you got to get through Golden State because they're all back. They're locked and loaded. Um, they have that number two draft pick, I think. So it's going, it's going, it's going to be really, it's going to be hard. It's going to be a difficult road, but it could happen. But like I said, you know, gold stays back. So you got to worry for, worry about them. Definitely. Definitely. Um, it's going to be a super fun season. Honestly, like it's, there's so many teams who could contend the bucks Clippers, probably not the Clippers. Let's be real. Um, the Lakers, <laughs> um, who else? Like, I guess the heat, right. They just made the finals. Um, do you think, like, so there's been a lot of talk, though, about, like, an asterisk, right? Like, I personally believe, like, it's probably been tougher to actually make the finals and win this year because, I mean, like, you're staying in the same hotel room for, like, three months straight. You don't have your family there the entire time. You're not eating your normal meals if you're LeBron with your personal chef. You're, you're eating the same thing as Rajon Rondo and Jared Dudley, <laughs> which you're not normally used to doing. Um, so I would actually say, like, it would be, like, tougher probably to win in a bubble. But what do you think? Like, do you think there should be an asterisk, like, I don't know, hypothetically, like, say the Heat one, right? Would that have happened yeah. if they had to go on the road every series? Like, who knows? It's th That's the thing, though. It's like, if the Heat one, we would have been like, oh, it doesn't count because they had no fans, no, like, the pressure's different. And then I would say no matter who won this, like, this whole NBA final, like, there's definitely no asterisk because, you know, like you said, it's way, huffer, way tougher 
the mental aspect is just completely different. You can't go back to your families. It's like you're in a college style like environment. You know, you're in this dorm. You cannot leave, and it's it's tough on those guys. Like like it's it's like you said, the mental aspect is crazy. It's it's uh it's different. It's unique. And then like the first month or so, a lot of the players were like openly admitting they were trying to adjust. And it was super hard. Now, like, imagine being the Suns leaving after six, six, eight to eight weeks, and that's like, all right, cool, manageable. But then you're the Lakers, you're the, you're the Heat, you're the, you're the Nuggets. You're there for, was it two and a half, three months? That takes a mental toll, especially if you have kids. Great point. And like, you're actually in a bubble right now in Budapest. Like, what's that like? Just being in a hotel, like not really being able to leave. Like, is that? I'm sure it takes a toll on you mentally too, right? Dude, we've been here since Sunday, and today is Thursday. And I, I would say the first two, three days, it was super hard. It's like, I want to go home. I don't want to be here. Um, but then you kind of adjust to it. You got, it's, it's like it's your job. So you got to get used to it. You adjust. You find different routines throughout the day. You find, you know, you learn when to take a walk outside. Granted, it's been raining here every single day since we got here. So I just saw the sun last night or side <laughs> sunset last night. So that was a highlight of my trip thus far. But uh, it, it's true. Like you kind of like witnessing it firsthand of like how it is to be in a bubble. It's, it's, it's incredibly different. It's a different challenge, but it's something you look back on 20, 30 years from now and say like, wow, I really did it. I was part of this. Man, it's crazy. Like honestly, hopefully we'll never have to do it again. Like they, there's been talk about the NBA maybe having to have to do a bubble again next season, but who knows at this point, like it's a few more, a few months away from that. Um, so do you, would you like say you like understand what Paul George said earlier in the playoffs, how it was like really like difficult mentally to actually like prepare for a game and to actually like be on your like a game because like you're not, you have to like create a whole new set of like customs and like pregame rituals and stuff because you're not at home. You're not driving to the arena. You're taking like a little a bus from the hotel to the city. I'm like, I'm mm -hmm. sure like everything's just been crazy. Like, I mean, everything was crazy for them, you know, because the whole situation like was completely like unexpected. You can never have predicted that, you know? Honestly, yeah, like it's, it's all unexpected. And then like, I've just been like kind of on my own personally observing like the, uh, the athletes, the swimmers around here, like, you know, what they're doing and their routine and stuff. And it's, it's like, you know, we have some swimmers who are coming out of college and we have some who've been in the Olympics for the last two cycles. And then they're all kind of like, no matter what your salary or background is, you're kind of doing the exact same thing, you know, taking the bus to this place. Um, at one point, they're trying to figure out, like, you know, what's the, you know, can I order food from this spot? Oh, when is this next meal, like, coming? Like, can I come, like, earlier? So it's it's a lot of, like, different various factors coming in. So it's, uh, you kind of, like, learn and appreciate, you know, what these NBA players have gone through. So it's, it's different, man. It's different. There's no other way to put it. I was actually thinking about this earlier. Do you think, like, actually winning the bubble on the Lakers team that had a bunch of different personalities, whether it be a Rondo, Deion Waiters, J.R. Smith, JaVale McGee, that's crazy. Do you think that says a lot about, like, LeBron's leadership to get those guys to all buy in in one season under the craziest of circumstances? None of those guys got in any trouble during the bubble. Like, you had the Rockets with Daniel House, who was, like, sneaking off doing things he shouldn't have been doing, or, like, Lou Williams sneaking off to strip clubs to get chicken wings, just chicken wings, nothing else. Like, do you think it's a lot about just chicken wings? Sweet um, chicken, <laughs> sweet Lou. <laughs> but do you think that says, like, a lot about um, LeBron's, like, leadership? Because, I mean, like, it's crazy. Like, all those guys who have, I mean, they've had pretty good careers, but, like, they've had, like, shaky, like, 
I mean, like you hear like things in the media about them, like little shaky things here and there about their personalities, how they vibe and the teams are on. You had Javel McGee on like um, Shaq and the Fool every other game, you know? Um, even the young waiters was on the heat earlier this year, right? And like I got for like using like gummies. Yeah. <laughs> but like nothing, nothing at all in the bubble from those guys, which is insane. Um, so like, what would you say that says about LeBron James overall, like his leadership? I would say like LeBron, like as a leader, it, he's phenomenal. Like, I feel like we haven't had someone like him in a long, long time where with the match of his like, you know, talent and skills. And obviously, you know, over time, like his leadership skills gotten way, way better because when you're younger, you know, it's, you learn, you, you take these like growing pains as like a learning lessons. Um, and also it, it holds to the Lakers accountability as a culture. You know, you have guys like Jared Deli there for a reason, like guys like, um, who was like, even, even Anthony Davis, Davis was holding LeBron accountable from the first practice of the season, like, you know, like with defensive matchups. So it's kind of like these guys know, like LeBron is here. LeBron knows these guys are here for a reason too. And he's like, I don't want to repeat what happened last year, you know, any little slight misstep, you know, the media is going to hop on you because it's like the NBA media, it's LA media. So it's like, it's, it's all expected to come, but you had a lot of veteran leadership versus last year, which was all a bunch of, you know, guys in their mid to early twenties. So obviously that, that, that environment is much different than what you expect, but, you know, guys like Delhi were brought in for a reason guys like, um, like Dwight Howard was given a second chance. He's like, I don't want to blow this. Let's get to work. So it's kind of like a different culture. And it's like, like I said, accountability was a huge factor in this. For sure. I completely agree. And like, honestly, like back in the day, like Michael Jordan would be on a team for like, he was on the Bulls maybe like five, six years before they actually won it all. Like you have time to mesh with your players, your teammates, you actually get to know the coaches. But like now, like now, like LeBron has well a season and during a pandemic to get everybody to buy into the same team, I think that's arguably tougher to like actually get everyone on the same page immediately because there's so many different personalities in the NBA and like egos and like you really saw none of that. The Lakers were having fun from day one, which is crazy and amazing. Like you love to see that, you know? That was the biggest difference too. It's like from this year to last year, it's like they were smiling more. They were like yeah. all high-fiving each other. And then um, I'm referring back to Jared Daly's interview on the BS podcast earlier, yeah. earlier this week. And he was like, you know, when LeBron had events and stuff like birthday parties, you know, even like going out to restaurants, it wasn't just eight to nine guys, the entire 15 were going to, um, those events and stuff. It was like in true bonding events. And then even like, you know, guys like Anthony Davis, who you didn't hear much about him, like, you know, stepping up as a leader, like, you know, according to what you heard on basketball media, but first practice, second practice, he's like on LeBron's ass. Like, hey, you got to get to your defensive assignments. So it's like, it's honestly, as a Laker fan, I cannot be more happy to hear that and just see how that team meshed after like all these, what was it, seven, eight years of like these, these like terrible seasons. It's been forever. Honestly, like winning the bubble is probably like not as sweet, but I mean, it still counts number 17. The Celtics have won one ring since, was it Ronald Reagan was president? So... Yeah, yeah. Since 84, I think, 84, 86. Yeah, yeah, like 86, yeah. So that's crazy. Um, well, let's go to the second question then. So what would you say the Lakers need to do to repeat as champions next season? You got to bring back shoot the shooters, you know, like guys like, um, who was it? Uh, KCP was on, a, I think his contract expiring too. Yeah, KCP needs to come back. Like you, you just showed like, you know, how good he is. Like this guy got so much heat the entire season. Or, you know, not stepping up when it counted and stuff. But, you know, this guy is, this guy's a winner. He's going to put his ass on the line for, like, LeBron, the team, the Lakers. So, 
and he grew amongst Laker fans too. Like you saw, like you saw, like we, he was a fan favorite towards the end. Crazy. So you got to bring the shooters back. You got to keep that defensive front um, set. I honestly would bring Dwight back too if I were the team. Like that guy was on a like a short prove it contract, and then he made the most of it. Um, and then uh, it's it's gonna be different, obviously. You know, like it just you never know what's gonna happen. Like especially with like I said, the Warriors coming back, you gotta like you know really step it on the defensive end. So I think that's one thing that needs to improve. Like you know, at least like keep it steady. You know, bring back the defensive players. Like see who's in free agency for that. Um, and yeah. Definitely. So somebody who needs to get some love, who we haven't even mentioned yet, is Alex Caruso. He was so good defensively. And like for months, people were just mocking this guy. Oh, he's this unathletic white guy. Bleacher Report's posting him too much. This guy was legitimately like a defensive stopper. Like next season, especially when the Warriors come back healthy, when the Nets are healthy, you're going to need people like that to like step up again because it's going to be even tougher next year, especially like if you're back to playing like on the road, like a hostile like Golden State environment, like a game five in a 2-2 series or like on the road in the finals versus the Nets, like you need those role players need to step up, you know? So Alex Caruso, unbelievably dude, good during the playoffs. Dude, I feel like the biggest nightmare scenario for you is Alex Caruso just like doing something wild in a 2-2 series in Golden State. Like, I think you say that now, but then I'll ask <laughs> you that question. And then, well, this question will pop up again, like eight, nine months from now. You're just like, dude, I fucking hate you. I mean, let's be realistic. Like, Steph Curry's probably licking his chops at the thought of Alex Caruso guarding him during the finals. Because you know LeBron's not taking that matchup. You know um, <laughs> you know, is going to be, like, I don't know, locking up Draymond. But Caruso and Steph, ooh, that has potential, like, for a 40-piece in every single, like, West Finals matchup. So, let's see what happens. Dude, I don't want to think about that. Let me enjoy this championship for one week before I start thinking about Clay right. Curry. Um, let's hope everybody's healthy next year, especially, like, A, the Warriors, the Nets as well. Um, they've been doing a lot of talking during the offseason. I don't think that's the best strategy, but when you have KD and Kyrie, that's what they're going to do. Um, but that team, if they like actually get along, if they mesh, if they have a good core, like Joe Harris, he's a great player. If they bring back somebody like Spencer Dinwiddie, they could be nice in the East. And they got, what's his face? Um, Allen, the center is coming back to uh, Jared Allen, Jordan's yeah. there. Jared Allen, yeah. DeAndre Jordan's there as well. So they got a solid squad up there. It's just, I'm more excited to see KD come back more than anyone else because Bro, Kevin's a ram, bro. The season wasn't the same without him. And then I just want to see him and Kyrie come together and play because that's going to be insane, especially with that, um, you know, fingers crossed if you have fans back, that Brooklyn environment, that's going to be insane. You know, the, the, Knicks, the Knicks, you know, aren't going to be good or, for a while. So it's good to see at least like one New York fan base, you know, get riled up and ready to go. It's going to be I mean, fun. 100%. And like, for being real, if the Knicks make the playoffs in the next 15 years, that's probably success for them. So, the Nets are just going to dominate the like New York City landscape for like that, the near future for sure. How do you think like how do you think the Steve Nash is going to work out there? Like, you know, Kyrie's saying like, oh, we don't really have a coach right now. That drew some like <laughs> that drew some like eyes like on his like comments. But how do you feel about that? Dude, he gets so much shit for that. I don't know why. Like, it's it's Kyrie, bro. Like that guy's a free spirit. Like, let him do what he wants. But yep. um, it's going to be interesting. Like Steve Nash, you know, as a player, brilliant. He was a uh, was he a consultant for the Warriors? Or what was he like? A, a yeah, he was like a consultant. Yep. Mm-hmm. I feel like he's one of the more brilliant minds in sports. And then this guy is like, he does everything. You know, he's working with, you know, uh, TNT Bleacher Report for um, the Champions League. Let's let's give it a shot. Let's see what happens. I'm rooting for him. He's like, even though he was in the Lakers for what, one or, sorry, two, three seasons, I'm like, I think he's a standout guy. He makes a huge difference. Even, even if it's not playing, he, you know, he's a culture changer. So I'm, I'm rooting for him in the Nets to do well. 
It's crazy because like I heard him on the um the what podcast is that? It's like with Steven Jackson and um, Matt Barnes, their podcast. Um, all, all the smoke. smoke, all the smoke. Yep. Yeah. So Steve Nash was on there, and they were like showing him so much love, and people love the whole NBA loves Steve Nash. Like people never talk about that, but he's beloved. Like there's a reason KD and like Kyrie wanted him to be coach, you know. But he got like all this criticism about like he's not qualified. Um, Stephen A. Smith went on a rant about him like white privilege. Um, but a lot of players came to his defense like, no, this guy's qualified. Like he's a brilliant basketball mind. He played for over like a decade. He Led some great Suns teams. He was on the match with Dirk. Like, this guy's been around. He's respected by everyone. Like, I want to see how good they are, you know? Like, the Nets, if they – I mean, he could pull, like, a Steve Kerr and win a ring his first year as head coach. Why not, you know? Well, who were some other, like, players who became first-year head coaches that quickly? Like, Jason Kidd was one. Was Jason yeah. Kidd ever an assistant, or was he straight up, like, straight to a coach? I'm not sure if he was an assistant, but, yeah, he was a coach. Okay. Milwaukee and – was it Brooklyn? I – beliefs i think it was brooklyn for, uh, either way but uh even like Derek fisher he was coach um of the la no, the new york team with the la sparks which one was it i think it was the la sparks yeah la sparks like he made that transition too so i mean it's obviously tougher as a player you know but you know being there in that environment you're rooting for him like you want steve match like, he's a stand-up guy yeah yeah it'd be crazy to hate on him Exactly. Um, and all the players came to his defense for a reason. They like him, you know? So Katie yeah. and Kyrie would have been like, oh, be our head coach. Like, they literally handpicked the coach who they wanted. So I don't think you can really – it's not fair to really criticize that, you know? I think it's just they're more hating on Kyrie and if anything else. Like, they just they just exactly. want to stir the pot. You know how it is. That's the NBA media for you, right? Literally. Um, let's go to our next question then. Um, what do you think it will take for LeBron James to be considered to go by a vast majority of basketball fans? Because right now, I would say it's like maybe 60% are like still on MJ's side or maybe 70%, right? And then you have the other 40% saying like, okay, LeBron's actually the go. It's probably a younger generation who's only watched LeBron. But how do you feel? Like, what do you think LeBron needs to accomplish in order to be like, move to like the literally top echelon of basketball immortality? Honestly, you know, I don't know if that's going to happen with some fans. Like some fans are like dead set MJ fans and some fans are like dead set LeBron or, you know, Kobe fans. So, I mean, they're going to have their opinions regardless. Even if LeBron wins like 10 rings, they're going to still be like Jordan wins six for six. LeBron went for, you know, 10 for however many at this point. So you're going to have those fans with their personal opinions and whatnot. And you can't help it. But honestly, if, if we do want to say what would swing fans over to LeBron's side, let's say this guy wins the next four or five rings in a row, then you, that conversation like might change, but realistically, you're never going to change a Jordan fan's mind, especially from what they've seen in the 90s. That's like the goat right there. So would you say, say hypothetically he wins the next two rings, he three-peats on the Lakers, right? Which has yeah. only been done like twice, right? Um, yeah. At least since like Shaq and Kobe did it. Um, and then, yeah, I guess it's only happened like once with the Lakers, right? Um, yeah at least since 2000, and if he does that and he, like, wins the next two finals MVPs, if you go six and six for your career in the finals with six finals MVPs, I mean, you got there 12 times still. Like, doesn't that count? Like, he played some very tough teams. Like, look at the Warriors. They were stacked. Would Michael Jordan have even come close to beating them? I don't I really don't think so. Hey, I mean, like, you and I will get so much crap for this because, you know, we're like – Hey, if, if Clay in the Warriors, Clay Steph in the Warriors played against, you know, Jordan Bulls, yeah. realistically, you know, like, I would get so much hate for this, but I'm like, I would kind of give it to the Warriors a little bit. That must be, that might be like recency bias on our end, but I'm just like, 
that whole the spacing, the three point shooting, the defense is way different. But then again, Jordan has a killer, bro. It's like you don't need to explain it. But um, I would say in that case, LeBron, like you would have to, even if you're a Jordan fan, you got to kind of tip your hat and be like, hey, this has a chance of swinging the conversation over to LeBron because winning a three P with the Lakers, three different championships with three different teams. Um, at one point, he made that eight straight years of uh, NBA Finals run. Nine out of ten, I think, at this point, it's just you got to be stupid to like not even like think about that. And do you think like I mean, like you hear the talk like, oh, he should have lost earlier in the playoffs, like Michael Jordan lost in the first round, you know? But LeBron always, literally, like, pretty much most of his career made it to the finals. <laughs> like you're not going to win every time you get there, right? Um, yeah. So do you think it's like unfair to criticize him for losing in the finals, like a lot of people do? Because I mean, he played the Warriors with KD, like that's a stacked team, you know, like. Would anybody have even like won three games the first time in NBA history? Probably, there's probably no team that could have won three games versus that lineup, especially 2017. Stacked, you know, and their chemistry was good. Um, and then even like look at the Spurs, stacked with Hall of Famers as well. Like he even beat them once. Like that's an accomplishment. Um, so even if you don't beat those teams, like the fact you even got there, like would it have been better for him to lose to Demar Derozan. <laughs> I don't think so. Um, but it's hard to say. And like like you said, probably it's hard to convince everyone that, okay, like, he still lost six times. And, I mean, like, next year if he loses to the Warriors, is that going to be a blimp on his resume? Or no, because it's not the finals. Like, everything's, like, so, like, just arbitrary among fans, you know? Like, they don't really have, like, a – there's no, like, clear-cut answer. Um, I would say, like, dude, I would say LeBron had the misfortune of running into a once-in-a-lifetime team, probably one of the greatest teams we've ever seen. Like, let's be honest, that 2016-17, pre and, like, during KD, yeah. that team was insane. Like, that team created a whole new generation of basketball fans. He made my mom into a big basketball fan. She stopped, like, she never really cared. She just hovered around during the finals or whatever. But then now my mom is, like, texting me, oh, Warriors play tonight. Oh, uh, and she literally has a schedule on. She'll put it on NBC Sports and whatever channel the Warriors play on now. But if you could turn my mom into, like, a huge basketball fan, that's, like, you know you did a lifetime accomplishment. And then you can never take anything from LeBron on that. Like, that's – even when he came back from 2016 from 3-1 down, I know how much that hurts you. But that was one of the, like, craziest, like, NBA finals slash comeback we've ever seen. As much as that hurts, like, us to say, like, it's – that was that was historic. The whole series was a blur because I remember, like, being at game seven of the um, Wars Thunder series. So I went to that. And, like, when we won that, I was like, there's absolutely no way – they're going to lose like the finals now because like I, my mind was went to the Boston Red Sox actually in 2004 when they were down 3-0 to the Yankees and they came back at that point there's no way they're going to lose right you have so much momentum and then they won four straight in the World Series and like you cap off a storybook ending right um, a storybook ending um, and then the Warriors literally the same thing essentially as the Red Sox had done and I'm like okay it's a wrap like I've never been more confident in the team that entire year <laughs> they went they started 24-0 73 and nine up down 31 to win that series at that point how are you going to lose that and then like lebron james just like pulls off a masterpiece like 41 point performance in game five game six you see seth curry get ejected the Warriors lose their composure and then game seven like it comes down to the final possession like literally one possession away from like making history and then for next year they're just getting like mean 31 jokes on twitter 24 7 most painful year of my life thank you warriors um <laughs> You, but would you say, like, Draymond suspension had a big role in that series? But I feel like it kind of did. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Dude, hell, hell yeah, it did. It changed the entire momentum of that series. It's like, yeah, in, in my opinion, whether it was intentional or not, it's kind of like 
do let them play. Like just how everyone was saying, oh, suspend AD for, you yeah. know, that, what was it, slap in the face, something to Jay Crowder. Like, I'm like, I, I mean, like, honestly, yeah, let them play like, at this let point. It's like, yeah. Wanted, yeah, it's like, you can't suspend these guys. It's like, it's, it ruins the entire momentum. These guys worked their asses off the entire season for this to happen. Whether it's like intentional or not, it's, I mean, you got to just, you just kind of got to go with the flow on this one. No matter, like, you're going to piss off fans regardless of what side it is. Just, just let them play. Like, and uh, I think that did, that uh, whole, uh, what's it called? That 73 and 9 and 24 and 0 started. I feel like you, by verbatim, you tweeted that out too yesterday. Yeah. I remember that. Hey, it made up for, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I made up for it too because I remember that same year the Cleveland Indians blew that three-one lead in the World Series against the uh, Cubs, exactly. and then I was rooting for the Warriors too. Yeah, that year I was like, "Thank God, karma in a way." <laughs> karma works very quickly. Like the Cavs jokes just made nonstop jokes, and what three months later, four months later, they lose the World Series, blowing three-one lead to the Cubs. The Cubs, of course, it was the Cubs too who hadn't won like in a hundred years. <laughs> oh, so you, um, sports, yes, sports are crazy. I hate sports on some days. So Zach Lowe actually had a really like interesting story. He was talking about like LeBron's legacy compared to MJ's and like how people think like MJ's this most clutch player um, because he does have a lot of like these big shots, like game six of the 1998 finals, um, a lot, just a lot of big moments, like his game winning shots over like the, um, the Cleveland Cavaliers and early rounds in the playoffs. He did that twice, I believe. While LeBron James does have a lot of big shots, he actually has more buzzer beaters than Michael Jordan in the playoffs. He doesn't really have those like, big shots in the finals so do you think that kind of gets used against him like we like remember mj hitting like his little shot um against the jazz on with the push off but like with lebron his like biggest shots i think 2013 game seven when they were up two he had like a long a deep two to like seal the deal like he never has that like game winning buzzer beater like or like essentially buzzer beater like Kyrie had or like ray allen had you know so do you think that gets used against him dude all the time it's like it's like People like the, the media fans, they all refer to that one, like, you know, that uh, flashy play. Like, it's it's all, like, very flashy stuff, like the buzzer beaters. Even, like, you know, we look at Kobe, like, Kobe has all these buzzer beaters we think of. But, uh, yeah, it gets used against him a lot, too, because, like, they don't, like, talk about what LeBron did those entire 47 minutes of the game, but look at exactly. what he did in the last two, three possessions. Even that, even that, um, that game, in game, game six, like the Heat Spurs in the NBA Finals, when he dished it off to Ray Allen, or I forgot who dished it off to Ray Allen, Bosch, they use yeah. that against him. Chris Bosch. They're like, oh, LeBron didn't do that, or Ray Allen bailed him out. They're, they're always use like, they'll scrutinize him in so many ways. Like, LeBron and Steph are, like, the most criticized superstars we've ever seen in our lives because for various factors. So, and then Jordan has this, like, goat legacy. You can never knock him off. You see the Craig Elo shot. You see the push off um, in all these Gator commercials. So it kind of, like, solidified his legacy, created this um, – mythological figure out of him too so it's kind of like maybe in 20 years that tide will shift for lebron and stuff so i hope dude i mean i feel like they've been criticized a lot unfairly but you know the tide will shift eventually definitely and i think like right now like nba fans whether it be twitter whether it even be like media personalities like kendrick perkins just always bashing these stars and i don't i was thinking so, about other sports like you ever hear like nfl media bashing like patrick mahomes he just lost to the raiders not a peep from the media you know like if that happens to like the Warriors, like, I don't know, the Warriors lost to the Jazz. Like, Steph Curry yeah. just gets ripped for, like, 48 hours on first take. You don't really see that much in other sports like the NFL or, like, even Major League Baseball or even, like, think about, like, tennis. Like, when Serena Williams loses, she doesn't get, like, dragged for being, like, a choke artist. People are like, she's the GOAT. They respect it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, I, it's just interesting, like, why NBA media thinks, like, bringing down players will uplift other ones, you know? Because I feel like 
Steph Curry's legacy is crazy. Like in 2016, he missed like a quarter of the fourth quarters the Warriors played because they were up like 20 points. Like he was dominant. He was killing it for three quarters. He didn't even have to play in the fourth. You know, that's not a bad thing. It's probably ideal because then, I mean, he did get hurt in the playoffs, but he'll be like in like better shape come June, you know? I feel, yeah, like I think it's it's directly, it's totally like an NBA media thing too. I'm then again thinking like of like, you know, our top athletes in different sports. Like you said, Serena Williams, Patrick Mahomes. I think because they won so much and have been so flawless, like at least to start their careers, it's kind of like it, everything gets brushed, brushed off after that too. Like, you know, Tom Brady gets his criticism, but you know that they're, they're going to be, everyone unanimously agrees he's the GOAT at this point. Yeah. Um, it's like, yeah, they won so much so early in their careers that they literally put on this pedestal that will not be knocked off unless something drastic happens. Like, um, even like though- Like Tiger after, Woods or something, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like literally Tiger Woods. Like, you know, even with Brady, it's like uh, he didn't win his fourth ring till what, like nine, ten years later? Yeah. And then that's when the GOAT conversations came up, but then he wasn't nearly as criticized as how badly, like, you know, Steph, LeBron, all those guys were. So I feel like, you know, just your early success plays a lot into like, how badly you're scrutinized. But then again, the NBA media, like you said, they really, like, bash your players a lot, especially, you know, if, if you don't win the big one or like something happens, like they're giving like Kawhi and Paul George a lot of crap right now too. Yeah. And I mean, they lost in the second round. Like I, they deserved it. Like they talked all year. Like oh, yeah. my theory oh, yeah. is if, if teams are just talking trash the entire season, it's never been done where they're going to actually like win a championship unless they've already done it. It's like when the Warriors win in 20, at least the Warriors, at least they won in 2015, you know? They won. Um, yeah. 2016, they were kind of talking a lot, you know, but they had already won. So it looks like it's less frowned upon when you have like a team like the Rockets chirping every year about, oh, we're better than the Warriors. Or like the Clippers with Doc Rivers and Chris Paul and Blake Griffin, like saying the Warriors got lucky. Or like the um, Clippers this year, like just talking trash all year. The media is like backing them the entire season and then they just choke. I feel like you can't put that much pressure on yourself. The Lakers should have been the ones talking all season. Look what happened. They just like ran through the whole the whole NBA in the playoffs. You can't chirp that much. Yeah, I think LeBron like knows he's like I'm just gonna stay quiet, just focus on basketball. He went zero dark thirty and just went ham. <laughs> he even knew the whole league is collectively like rooting against the Rockets in the um yeah. and the Clippers. So he's like, hey, let me just do my thing here, and then it worked out. Just like just, just stay silent, just play your game. Like Lou Williams, a team with Reggie Jackson is not winning a championship. Like that's all I have to say about Reggie Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> And of course, every time he gets in the game, he like shoots the shoots the Clippers out of it. Like, I don't know what Doc Rivers was doing, but I've been saying that for the last fifteen years. And he, well, he's now in Philly. Let's see how that goes. <laughs> I'm rooting for Philly now. Like, it's like when you leave the Clippers, you become much more like you want to root for the guy even more now. That's true. Like Chris Paul is so much more likable now that he's not in the Clippers for some reason. Oh, dude! I <laughs> hey, dude, all of a sudden I love those State Farm commercials. Same. I'm like, let me not change the channel on. Oh uh, yes. Bring on more Chris Paul, baby. 100%. All right, let's go to our last question. So AD said he's not 100% sure he'll be back next year on the Lakers. What's the likelihood that he plays somewhere else next season? I would say, what, 10%? It's a very small chance he goes anywhere else. Like, his answer is is a total, like, uh, you can tell he was PR trained for this. He's media trained. That's a good, like, media answer. Like, you know, you're not committing at the same time, so you're leaving all doors open, and it's a good answer. You that means he's trained really well. He knows, like, it's, he's very media savvy. Like, you know, LeBron taught him really well for that, or whoever taught him that. But uh, I think he's gonna come back. Like, what was that photo we saw on Twitter a couple of days ago, where it's like this dude is at a 
as a famous L- LA taco oh, yeah. spot. That was like, today. Bro, that was today. <laughs> that was today. Yeah, we're like, oh yeah, this dude is for sure not leaving at all. He knows where the clutch spots are. Just said, like, I just came back to California and had just a bunch of fun. <laughs> Dude, um, come, if you come, if you come back to LA, bro, you gotta hit the taco spots up, bro. Like, especially you gotta go to Leo's Tacos. That's like, that's the shit right there. Definitely. And I, like, I was thinking like twenty percent chance he leaves. Um, if anywhere he would probably go back home to Chicago, because like, I mean, you're in the bubble for like months. Like, you're probably homesick. So like, if you saw how emotional he was, I don't know if you saw. Um, but he was yeah. super emotional at the end of the game because he'd been there for three months um pretty much like no friends there barely any family it's, it must be exhausting and like he's probably like thinking i was thinking he's probably thinking about like he misses his family his friends and home for him is chicago and like he did just win a championship so although probably is unlikely he'll leave who knows like you never know in the nba these days people might just bounce um kd left after they made the finals you know like Kawhi left after winning a ring like crazier, crazier things have happened but lakers had just such good chemistry you can't really replicate that everywhere. I mean, the Bulls, not the best franchise since MJ left, you know? I think I think that's just the bubble getting to him because, like, the moment you step off that plane and hit L.A., you get near the beach, you're like, okay, yeah. I like this. I, I, I never want to leave. And then, like, Kawhi and Katie were very special situations where it's like they did what they had to do. You know, they have their, yeah. own, like, they have their own, like, goals and stuff they want to accomplish. So, you know, kudos to them as well. Definitely. And Kawhi wanted to go back home. He's from L.A. originally, so it made sense for him. To sign with exactly. the Clippers, I mean, I don't know if that was the best decision, but I think that actually helped LeBron's legacy more because if he was on the Lakers, people would have been like, they were stacked, like the Warriors, what's the difference, you know? So probably helped LeBron's reputation more that Kawhi went to the Clippers and lost in the second round without LeBron um, because LeBron just proved he doesn't need like more than one superstar to help him win, which in this day and age, I mean, it's always been like that, you know? Um, yeah. So, Nobody truly has one of their own. Like Jordan had Pippen, so it's like exactly. you always need like that second star at your side every time. And you're not gonna have like a Warriors situation where you have like everybody just like in their prime, just Clay, Katie, Seth, even Draymond Green was good for a few years before he joined the Clutch Army. Um, so <laughs> that's, that's a different story. That's a different story. I'm tired of Draymond Green's antics have all really angered a lot of Warriors fans, but we'll see where he ends up. I feel like <laughs> I feel you're so. I felt your soul burning on that one when you said clutch army. It hurts, man. Like you're just on Twitter defending LeBron every game. Like what happened? You you forget about 2016, man? Come on. Paychecks are good though. Paychecks are good. Clutch had six people win a ring, like on the Lakers, which is insane. Like Rich Paul literally running the NBA right now. There's six people who won. I know there's 80 KCP, LeBron, who are the other three? Um, I cannot recall them off the top of my head, but they put out a tweet about it. Um mm. what's his name? Taylor Horton. Is that Tucker? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think he's on clutch. Um, but we'll have to we'll have to like confirm that. But yeah, I think I saw like maybe five or six guys like Rich Paul just running the show right now, <laughs> which is a beautiful thing to see. Dude, get your money, man. Get your ring. Get your money. If anybody deserves a ring, he deserves a ring. Yeah, okay. he to LA. All right. So last part of the show is going to be um a little section called wind sprints. A little segment, excuse me, called wind sprints. Where I'm going to ask you ten questions and just answer them as best as you can. Let's do it. All right, so who is the best Laker ever? Kobe, without a doubt. All right, Kobe or Shaq? So I'm guessing Kobe? Kobe, Kobe. Well, a little pop culture here, Drake or Kendrick? Drake. Like okay. Kendrick I'm... hasn't put on that many songs the last couple of years, so like Drake has been keeping it steady for over a decade. 100%. You can never go wrong with Drake. <laughs> Although a lot of people give me a lot of people give me crap for that. 
Um, how many rings will LeBron retire with? I'll say five. So I'm hoping there's one more? one more left. One more for the Lakers. Will it be next year? I think next year is the best opportunity. Wow. Next year. Hopefully. Fingers crossed. Going back to back. If he retires with the same amount as Kobe, that'll be insane. Yes. As a Laker, too. What is Shaq's best movie? <laughs> the only one I can think of. <laughs> why am I only think? I can only think of Kazam. I can't think of any other Shaq movie for some reason. Right, it's the only one I can think of too. <laughs> so that's <Yeah>. the answer. <laughs> Who was the Lakers' best role player this season? Best role player this season. Um, I'm like, it might be recency bias. I'll just say KCP. Yeah, he's a starter. Yeah, I'll say he's a role player. Expector. Mm-hmm. Yeah. KCP you guys had a bunch though, like I mean, like Morris was it Marquis Morris? Um, Morris, yeah. He played really well, um, and you had Caruso. You guys just like Rob Polinka deserves way more credit than he got. Like I think he finished seventh in executive of the year voting. The guy was like the best executive in the league. Look, look at the Clippers; they lost in the second round. The disrespect. Disrespect Lakers, Lakers tax, as they say on Lakers Twitter. <laughs> Laker. Um, who's on your NBA Mount Rushmore right now? So we have Jordan, Kobe, LeBron, and let's just say up in Magic in there. Okay, I like that. So no Kareem, no Wilt. Okay. Wow, it's putting me on the spot right there. It's Lakers stack on the top. Lakers all on the top. All Lakers on the top, man. <laughs> I think I just like tweeted my top five like NBA players ever. I think I had like MJ, LeBron, Kareem. Magic and Kobe. I mean, like, all those five guys are, like, legitimate. Like, any of those guys would be in the top four, you know? How hard was it was it for you to hit send on that tweet? Very hard. Kobe Bryant, I was like, should it be Kobe? Should it be Larry Bird? I mean, like, I forgot who it was. I think it was, like, Henry Abbott from, like, True Hoop. He was, like, Steph Curry's, like, third best player ever. I'm like, this guy just needs to go because maybe top 15. <laughs> I don't think Steph Curry's top three ever. <laughs> Deep down, you're like, yes, it's happening. The agenda switching. I mean, like, right now I'm looking at Steph's career arc. It's kind of like Kobe Bryant. Like, you win three rings, no finals MVPs. If he wins two more, people are going to talk about him a lot differently if he wins those finals MVPs. That's all right, dude. <laughs> <laughs> um, chicken or steak? Chicken, for sure. Good answer. Eight or 24? 24. Because do you remember, like, watching Kobe when he was number eight? It was, I, I remember, like, definitely, I, I started watching basketball because of number eight, Kobe. Number eight was a straight-up killer. That's where, like, the, really you know, the, black, the black mama came out. But then at 24, you saw, like, you know, just clutch Kobe. You saw, like, leadership Kobe come out. It's just a different side of him that I really appreciated and liked as a basketball fan in general. But, like, you know, number eight, Kobe was just a straight-up killer and a dog. It really was. That was, like, when he was playing with Shaq and, like, his teammates, like, had some trouble with him, but, like, all he cared about was winning, you know? And then 24 became, like, he was, like, a family man. He, like, cared more about his teammates, getting to know everybody more. Like, he would, like, actually read Phil Jackson's books when he handed them over. He would talk to Pau Gasol. He wouldn't, like, be ostracized from his teammates. Like, crazy, like, his, his career arc's insane. Like, it's such a yeah. sad story, like, that he passed away so young because it feels like he was just getting started, you know? There's so much going for him, too, man. You gotta, you gotta really feel for uh, Vanessa, man. Like, Vanessa and the kids, it's... It's even today. It's even hard talking about it too, for because what happens. Definitely. Do you, you think it was fair, like how the media was like trying to tie in like all the Lakers' accomplishments this season to Kobe passing away? Because there was a lot of like talk on Twitter, like oh, like people on Twitter are doing too much. 
like, oh, the Lakers are up 24 or they're up eight, you know? Um, you think that was okay? Or do you think that like went a little overboard? In the first two weeks, it was cool. I'm like, oh, that's, in, that's interesting. That's insane. Like Trey Young had like some like statistic. I went, forgot what it was about like Kobe. Yeah. But then after that, it was like, I thought it was way forced. Like, all right, cool. We get it. You don't have to like, you know, push that like agenda so far. Like every little like mathematical thing that came out to exactly. like eight or 24, it was blasted out. I'm like, all right, guys, we're doing this for Kobe regardless. Exactly. Like I remember the first day um, after he passed away, I went into work. It was, like I looked at my phone, it was literally like 8.24 a.m. I was like, that's crazy. Like, I was like, that's crazy. Um, but like after, like you could always find those like random like number games in like yeah. any scenario, you know? So if you look for it close enough, you'll find it. So maybe like the media did go a little overboard. Or maybe it was probably like more fans on Twitter who were trying too hard like to go viral, you know? But I mean, I'm just, it was I'm only just, on Twitter I'm, too. It was mainly on Twitter. It was only on Twitter too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm just glad the Lakers won it all for him. Like of all years to win it all was like this year, and like the, it's been such a difficult year for like sports fans and like I mean like look at the world right like we're in the middle of a pandemic so like I tweeted out like in January like I hope the Lakers win it all so I'm, I'm honestly glad you guys did it it hurts to say but you guys deserved it <laughs> I love I love how every Warrior fan I know even for my best friends they took like this six month break just to kind of like all right you guys can win it like over for you guys and then now it's back to like fuck the Lakers I hate you guys hey we're coming for you guys next season we're, we are coming full strength <laughs> I um, hope to go to give an oracle. Man, I hope so too. Or Chase, I don't know. Chase, I'm sorry. So last question. Who is the best NBA coach of all time? Uh, I used to always say Phil Jackson. Just, you know, LeBron. I'm sorry. Kobe, Jordan. And I'm thinking about a little bit more now. Pop is in the conversation. I'll put Pop up there, but I found... I'm really thinking about it. I would still give it to Phil Jackson. I agree. Like 11 rings, that's that's insane. 11 rings, 13 finals appearances. He won two more with the Knicks. It's just this dude has a this dude has a crazy like resume and career that's that might be matched. I feel like someone is going to break that record soon. Not soon, but like eventually. But it, it has to be Phil Jackson, in my opinion. So. Definitely. And I, if anybody's going to break it, it'll be Steve Kerr on the Warriors um, in the next decade. <laughs> <laughs> but Are you seriously, sure like, Warriors? I hope so. Well, honestly, like Phil Jackson, I don't know if you read his book, 11 Rings, great read about his like upbringing um, and just like his all, every single like time he won the series, every time, every single time he won the finals, he had to go through a new challenge. And being a coach is not the easiest job in the world. You have so many egos to manage. So winning 11 times, insane, especially with the players he coached, like Kobe, Shaq. Michael Jordan, Scotty Pippen. Yeah. And then the role players, so you got to keep them happy too, you know? So Phil Jackson, I would definitely agree with that. Definitely the best coach ever. No, I read his very first book for what was it called? The one that he was bashing Kobe for? Like yeah, the I very first book. Yeah. yeah, I read that book, but I need, the other ones are on my list. So I need to catch up on those. Definitely. Great writer too. So exactly. check that out. Awesome, bro. Well, thank you so much for talking tonight. Dude, I appreciate it. This was fun. It was. It's good to have like a little like mini getaway slash you know break in the midst of all this. So it was cool, bro. I love like catching up with you and everything. Definitely, brother. Well, let's definitely catch up soon, man. I really appreciate you taking the time. I know it's super early in Budapest. <laughs> you got to get up eventually, bro. I need all the excuse I can to get up this early. So it was needed. Definitely. Now the sun's out. I see you behind you. It looks beautiful. Yeah, it was like it was like slowly creeping up as like the podcast was like going on. So I was like <laughs> noticing it in the background. That's how funny.
All right, man. Thank you. Thank you. All right, bro. Appreciate it.